I don't know about you, but I know I'll feel a whole lot better once we stop recording three episodes a week. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that usually just records one episode a week, where we talk about famous songs and their many cover versions and compare them against each other to find out if we'll feel better or not after we're done. Uh, I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by a man who is probably my co-host. That's a good question. What it makes a co-host, really. But regardless, my name is Alex Mildenberger. Welcome, Alex Mildenberger. Thank you for welcoming me to this podcast, Jake Cressy. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> that was the most uncomfortable anything we've had on this podcast. <laughs> Um, so this week we are talking about I'll Feel a Whole Lot Better. Is that the right title? I'll Feel a Whole Lot Better? Um, that's mouthful. what I've been calling yes. it. Yeah. Some of that them just drop the aisle. Yeah. I think some of them might even drop the feela. No, I think they don't. I think it's just the aisle. Well, I don't and... know. None of the versions on, on this list anyway. Mm. So this song was originally uh, written and composed by The Birds. The reason why it's on their album Mr. Tambourine Man. Which I which, forgot to check. Does that have the Bob Dylan song on it? It does. It does. It's a pretty sure that's a cover. I always forget what songs that like he wrote for other people and then recorded himself later. You know, mm -hmm. but I'm pretty sure it was a cover at that point. Song written by Bob Dylan, released as the first track of the acoustic side of his March 1965 album, Bringing It All Back Home. And the actual album, Mr. Tambourine Man by the Birds, dropped in 1965, but uh, it was recorded. Hang on. It, it was released in June of 1965, so Bob Dylan beat him to it. Like a month later. Yeah. That's so wild, naming your album after someone else's song. Yeah, that's looking a bold at you, move. Looking at you, Buble. What it, what's Buble got? He has an album called Crazy Love, which is a cover of the uh, Van Morrison song. Van Morrison song. That is a bold move. Yeah. So, this was uh, one of the first songs that the the birds actually wrote and composed. I guess they were kind of like a like a monkey situation. The other dudes writing it for him beforehand. Well, I mean, it was the mid '60s, so you could pretty much get along just on covers. That's true as well. More so, this was written by Gene Clark, who also does the lead vocals on this. And the sort of writing story behind this goes back to when the the birds were doing a residency at Ciro's nightclub in L.A. And uh, Gene Clark says, There was a girlfriend I had known at the time when we were playing at Ciro's. It was a weird time in my life because everything was changing so fast and I knew we were becoming popular. This girl was a funny girl. She was kind of strange little girl and she started bothering me a lot. And I just wrote the song. I'm going to feel a whole lot better when you're gone. And that's all it was. But I wrote the whole song within a few minutes. So just straight up about a person you didn't like? Yeah. And it's funny, because like it. reading his quote, the <laughs> it kind of speaks to the first line where he says, the reasons why I, I can't say it. Because <laughs> it seems to be that she, he just found her annoying. He just doesn't understand. I was thinking, like, almost like, well, you know, it, it's the 60s. I can't just talk too much shit. 
on in uh, in music without it getting like censored or not released or whatever. Oh yeah. But this wasn't the bold not. era of the seventies where you could call call a, a woman or a man a bitch. Yeah, you could probably not even say fuck yet. Did they, yeah. they even invent the word fuck yet? I know that's not no, true. I, I want to be clear that I know that word existed. <laughs> <laughs> and that this is a joke. Let's, uh, so, I'm, yep. I'm glad you, you, you let that be known. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and another one of these songs that was written in, in a few minutes that joins the rank of, uh, what, Black Hole Sun and uh, In the Summertime. And I think another song, but I can't think of it. Man, we didn't talk about... There was that Cats trailer. Mm-hmm. We didn't re- talk about... I mean, in reference to, like, Mungo Jerry, whose name came from Cats. Oh, yeah, that's but, right. I was like, it was it in the summertime yeah. in the Cats trailer? Although, that said, I realize I don't actually have anything to say about it, so... Beyond that? What if the Bluestone yeah. version of In the Summertime was the trailer music for Cats? That, w- <laughs> that would have been even better. And I, I didn't think it could get better. Just them doing the, all the like the names of the famous actors, and it turns to their Skibidi. face. But yeah, Blue just Stone. Go Jerry, Bluestone, and Skibidi. <laughs> like I thought that was Judy Dench. And no. then instead of turning into women, all the guys turn into cats. Yeah. Yeah. We should be in charge of the Cats musical. It's a I... Disney production, right? We could get the swap to happen where we go in and reshoot everything. Yeah, we just need. I'm sure we know somebody. We're pretty well connected. If you go up on my shoulders and wear a baseball cap, we'll look exactly like Ron Howard. Oh, shit. We just need a, like, a trench coat. Yeah. Um, yes. So this song, uh, Bird's Expert. I don't know how this man, Tim Connors, got the, (laughs) the title of being a bird's expert. But here it is. Uh, he's called the song the platonic ideal of a bird song, which sounds like some bullshit that I would say. It does. Which is... Platonic ideal is a fun term that I don't fully understand. I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, so with the, the way to explain it, or at least how it was explained to me in my intro philosophy course in university, and I'm probably, you know, there's a lot of drugs in between then and now, so cut me some slack here, but imagine a dog, if you would. I will, and the, I do. You will, and you do. The ideal features of a dog, as you probably imagine, it's got four legs. It's got fur. That, you know, two functioning eyes. It's, it's lovable. Like, it has all the features of a dog, right? Right, it looks dog-like. If you cut a leg off that dog, it's still a dog. But it's not an ideal dog. Yeah, it's not the ideal dog. But we love it anyway. Well, yes, absolutely. So it's, uh... <laughs> And so I guess the idea, uh, the idea of a plat- platonic ideal is that, that it has all of the parts that we associate with it with is sort thing. of a way to... Okay, so this is all the... This is a platonic ideal of what, sorry? I, I apparently... Of a bird stopped, song. Stop listening after uh, the word platonic and then the word ideal. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Yeah, I don't listen to enough birds to really know what that means. Like, I guess well, I've he heard this song. breaks it down here. Oh. Or at least Wikipedia breaks it down. That's good. So it's it, and that's in reference to the presence of some of the band's early musical trademarks, including Jim Jim McGuin. Is that how you pronounce that? McGuin. 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 Jim McGuin. That McGuin? sounds awful. Mc- Jim McGuin. Yeah, call him. Um, oh, Jim Mc. I'm, I'm looking at Roger McGuin. That. It's a on. different McGuin, Jim... I think. All right, Jim you better. 
Yeah, that's a different person. So, so it's the the trademark. Oh no, 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 that's the same guy. He was called Jim, and his actual name is Roger. Jesus Christ, Jim. Jim. All right. Dude, what is up with dudes in the '60s in the music like, industry just not giving a fuck what their name was? Roger, not great. Jim, better, perfect. Better, perfect. So Jim McGuinn's jangling twelve-string Rickenbacker guitar. Chris Hillman's complex bass work, David Crosby's propulsive rhythm guitar, and the band's complex harmony singing and use of wordless ahs. Which seems like I take that for granted. Like, mm-hmm. just uh, I mean, Beatles did that too. Yeah, it's such a... Uh, I guess I, and I guess yeah, that man. is why this song is uh, considered a rock and roll standard now. Yeah, Because it's yeah. so formative important early on although it also called them like country rock or or that well, they are uh, they're considered a american folk rock band okay what did it the say the guitar solo on this in particular is credited with having a sort of country rock feel to it if you can believe that i can't believe that well nothing i can do about it then yeah. okay guess i'll just live with it Let's just live with it. So the riff of this song is actually based on the Searchers cover of the song Needles and Pins. I saw her today. I saw her face. It was a face I loved. And I knew I had to run. Yeah, although if you listen to the original version of Needles and Pins, it's still there, like the riff. Right. It's just not like on a Rickenbacker, or it doesn't have that like jangle sound. Oh, okay. So it it really it's it's just based it's based on, off the like, original. Yeah, it 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 sounds different in the original, but like it's still the same riff. It's still just like going between an A chord and like an A major chord, and then like a sus two, and then up to like. Who does the original version? Um, Is it Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers live? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. No, it's uh, let me let me. I don't remember. I just looked up this morning. Sorry. Is it Del Shannon? No, it starts. I don't think so. Let me let me uh, refresh my memory. Is it Jackie DeShannon? Sounds right. Um. Yeah, it is Jackie DeShannon, I think. Neat. Anyway, so yeah, that's a that's a pretty solid song. It's on one of my like old hits records that I have. Hey, so, it is both those things. It's an old hit by The Searchers. And the Searchers. Got that jangle sound to it. That jangle pop sound. Yeah, buddy. Sign me get, up. Definitely get in the birds version. Speaking of the birds version... Should we talk about the lyrics? Yeah, it's there's not many to talk about. That's because this song is a whopping two and a half minutes. It's actually just over the two and a half minute mark. So it wouldn't count for that thing we did that one time. Yeah. You know what also doesn't count but is such a banger is uh, Looking Out My Back Door by CCR. Oh, what is it? Also 231? It's like 232, I think. Oh, no. <laughs> that is a pretty good song. All right. So this Okay, one... Alex. What's this song Go ahead. about? This song is um, about... I mean, we talked about it already. It's, it's mm-hmm. talking about it's a person he doesn't like and wants wants her to go away. Now, 
Also, my first um, instinct here is that this is a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, for obvious reasons, because but is this just a person he met? Like, is a person he was in a relationship with? No, I think I believe he specifically said girlfriend in the quote. There was a girlfriend I had known at the time. Oh, I totally. Um, his that phrasing word. of that is weird too because the first time i read the quote i was like it was just some woman he knew and then <laughs> i had to like go back maybe context was different in the mid 60s i don't know yeah because generally you would say there was a girlfriend i was with at the time yeah just uh, she's a girlfriend i knew her yeah it's very yeah. strange it's weird i don't get it okay so basically i mean first verse pretty straightforward like something happened. Mm-hmm. What happened? I don't. Could have been anything. It could have been anything at this point. I think it is unveiled later. But uh, yeah, he says I I can't say. So I have to let you go, babe, and right away. This got to end. I gotta right right quick. Yeah. After what you did, I can't stay on. And then so we get getting, to the we're getting hints. We're getting hints of what happened. Yeah. So we know it's the other person's fault. And he says in the chorus here, I'll probably feel a whole lot better when you're gone. And Bird's uh, manager, Jim Dixon, says of this bit, he says, there was always something to unravel in those songs. The non-explanation of the complex feeling. For instance, if you remember, I'll feel a whole lot better. It doesn't say I'll feel a whole lot better, but I'll probably feel a whole lot better. For me, that makes the song. There's a statement followed by a hesitation. Kind of uncertainty about the future. That's yeah, a good line. He's not sure if he'll feel better or not. He he believes it on some level, and he's acting right. on it regardless. But there's a sense of doubt. I always assumed it was just for like rhythm, so I think it does mm. sound good with the rhythm. But you know, uncertainty it about does. the future. Man, can I ever relate to that? Mm-hmm. And anyone could really. No kidding, man. So uh, then we jump into the second verse. Or he says, baby, for a long time, you had me believe that your love was all mine, and that's the way it would be. But you were... So. You didn't know. Yeah. They, they were putting him on. Exactly. So I, I think it's implied with this, this statement, this verse, that she's an infidel. Yes. <laughs> right. Why don't we call people that? We call them adulterers, and that sounds almost cool. Is is that is it the same infidel? I mean, it's infidelity. Infidelity, right? my man. So like it's hmm, it's a lack of faith. Yeah. So is it is it actually cheating, or is it just that they like weren't on the same page? Just like well, because he says that you had me believe your love was all mine. Okay. I guess they're putting me on, which is probably the same thing as leading me on. Yeah. I think. I believe so, Alex. So, yeah, I guess to that... To tease or joke with one, often by trying to convince them of something untrue. Is the definition of putting me on. But what could the untruth be? That her love was all his. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's all there, Alex. It's, a, it's pretty plain. White, clear it's pretty as crystal. Plain. It's a, sh- it's a short verse. You lose. Uh, yeah, I know that too. Good day, <sighs> sir. So, and then, and yeah, like that, that's, that's the secret. He couldn't say it before. 
for some mm-hmm. reason, for reasons that, that are not clear, but might be significant. Oh, uh, yeah, well, maybe, because he still hasn't technically said what it was. That's true. He's just like, you were lying. You were leading me to believe something that wasn't true, that mm-hmm. they weren't actually together. And then, now, I've got to say, it's not like before, and I'm not going to play your games anymore. Now, that sounds, I mean, it all sounds like a conversation. Yeah. It all sounds like he's saying it to He's leaving. Also but, sounds like that Asia song. Which one? Uh, that one about, what is it? He does that again. Yeah. Now, sure as the sun will cross the sky, this lie is over. Lost. Like the tears that used to tide. Yeah, in Metal Gear Solid 5. <laughs> Only time will tell is the name of that one. <laughs> that was in Metal Gear Solid 5, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so it's basically that song. But, yeah. But 20 years but... earlier. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, so yeah, he a says... A little bit less synthesizer. Yeah, just I don't a touch. O- I don't overstate it, you know? I just one. noticed verse 1 and verse 3 end on the same exact line. After what you did, I can't stay you on. can't stay on? Is there a poetic significance to that? Mm. Is that like a, a, a poetry form? I don't really know poetry forms that well. No, I don't think so. Yeah, maybe. I guess if you repeat things, you'd be like, hey, 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 look at that. The same That's thing. That's repetition, baby. Oh, yeah. So yeah, bad things happen, and then we do an outro. That's right. And then he says, uh, he says, oh, when you're gone. But sometimes it sounds like off when you're gone. Off when you're gone? Yeah, I sound like I'll be a whole lot better off when oh, you're gone. Oh, I never heard that. I kind of heard it because obviously another band heard it, the Crust Brothers. And so that has influenced my mind. And that is what they say? Yeah. Hmm. I didn't notice Come it on, either. It's like you didn't even so, fucking pay attention. It's like I didn't even listen to the words they said. So yeah, the song is about maybe feeling better once you you dump your girlfriend. Yeah, but also, he just like, I like the story. He just says like, she started to annoy me. Like, <laughs> yeah, he was just like, eh, she's just, feeling it. She started to annoy me, but like this is about like she's either cheating or like. <laughs> yeah, he concocts some reason. Yeah, in, in this song, right? or I even like he doesn't really say cheating just that like she's i guess the other interpretation is that she's just not as serious about the relationship uh, like, that's not really what that line says though which line <laughs> that your love was all mine that I, that clearly implies cheating i guess but like you can talk about like a relationship that is at the stage of like exclusivity versus mm-hmm. but like if they're not on the same page about that and he thinks that she shouldn't be seeing other people you know what i'm talking about right that's all I mean. But she was putting him on, bro. She was. That implies that she agreed or suggested that there was exclusivity. Or, I mean, at least he thought that. But I'm not trying to defend this imaginary person. I'm just saying, it maybe... It sounds a little bit like you're trying to defend this imaginary person. You could take the song in that way. Maybe. If you think Alex is on to something, uh, hashtag put... 
Alex on. You think yeah. Alex is yeah. full of shit? Hashtag put Jake yeah. on. Put put me on. Um. Yeah. So those are the lyrics. Uh. We've ar- honestly already kind of talked about the instrumentation. It's this jangle pop guitar with a, a bass line in the back that's actually doing some complex shit. It's moving around a lot. Um. Yeah, and they talk about the significance of like the David Crosby, um, rhythm guitar, rhythm guitar. which I didn't really notice all that much. It's just kind of the other guitar. Hmm. I mean, it's all very bright and energetic sounding. Like, yeah, it's, I'm sure it contributes, but it, it wasn't. I wasn't like, oh, that rhythm guitar is particularly interesting. Like, it's just there. Yeah, it's it's kind of busy too to hear like the rhythm guitar specifically. Hmm. And I mean, I mean, not to, <laughs> I guess not that it matters what I say about David Crosby. He went on to be David Crosby and he's doing fine for himself. But uh, yeah, I just didn't pick up on that. Yeah. And there's like some tambourine in here. That too. It kind of adds to like the jangliness. Yeah, it's a real jangly tune. It's, it's all kinds of jangly. And this was originally a B-side for the single All I Really Want to Do, which is a song I've never heard of. Yeah, I didn't, like, go back and listen to the album or anything. It seems quite long, but I think it's just a special edition with bonus track. That's probably right. Um, So that song, so the B-side here, this song managed to actually chart at 103 in the U.S. Just the B-side? Yeah. How can you distinguish? I guess radio play. Yeah, well, because it was, like, promoted by... I think Columbia Records was behind it. They were like, okay. oh, listen to the B-side. And people were like, hey, this B-side's pretty fucking good. Because, like, you're selling a single. How do you know which is the single? Like, yeah. Which- <laughs> it's, 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 you got to count one for one, right? Yeah. They used to just go door to door, and they're like, did you buy the fucking single All I Really Want? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, can we see the record for a second? And they just right. check to see which is deeper grooves. <laughs> All the dust is like, on oh. this side. That means that it was facing <laughs> upwards. But it wasn't played. Yeah, okay. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> the other thing I like about the song is, like, they have their riff, right? And it's just going mm-hmm. between, like, the sus chords and the A. Um, But it's handy because if you're listening to the song, you're trying to figure out when they play an A chord. It's whenever they do that riff. Yeah. So I'm just saying it's handy. Figuring, Hell yeah. Figuring out Fucking what they're playing. Handy dandy. Of course, you got to figure out all uh, the other chords too, but whatever. Maybe you do. Yeah. Uh, Gene Clark re recorded a version of this for his 1984 album Firebird. Uh, 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 here's a fun fact it's number 234 on the Rolling Stones' top 500 songs. That sounds like it's a pretty important song. Yeah, so to clarify, because we've had a few songs we've talked about that are on this list, Wild Thing is number 257. Right. Boys of Summer is number 416. What was the number of this one, sorry? 234. Okay. So this is the highest highest charting we've talked about yet. Is that true? Second highest. Second highest. What was it? At number 100. Crazy. Right. Niles Barkley. I should have known. Yeah. All right, so that's so it. That's all I have fill- to say about this version, Alex. We're filling out the list. Eventually, we're going to do the whole thing. Yeah. It'll take a while, though. God, that would take, at our, at our rate, it would take at least 10 years, and that's assuming we were doing one a week. Which we are not going to do. So, <laughs> it's going to take a couple decades. That's fine. 
Yeah. That's okay. I'm okay with that. That's fine. Yeah, That's we'll good. do it. That's we'll groovy. It. Cool. Let's talk about our first cover by a man named Johnny Rivers in 1974. The reason why, oh, I can say, got to let you go. Got to this is the man who wrote the song, Secret Agent Man. Way to go, Johnny Rivers. He's a rock and roll guy. That's all I could figure out about him. He sure is. Is he rock and roll? I thought he's a little country, but hey. I thought so, too. I thought so, too. This version sounds country to me, but if you look him up, it's like, he's a rock and roll artist. That's all. Singer, songwriter, guitarist, and record producer. So there's uh, there's some piano in this version. A little piano, as Ben Crosby would call it. As he would. And as I would, too. Um, There is some piano. Just a little bit. It's kind of like at the beginning comes in. Does like a little mm-hmm. like glissando slide in, and then uh, just kind of hangs out in the background for most of the rest of the song. Yeah, and it does another one of those slide ins a little later too. Around, I'm assuming I I don't remember that. Was it like around the the solo? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that sounds about right. So the bass is really simplified on this. Um, probably the most important distinction in this, since everybody was talking about it in the original version is that right. he doesn't say probably no he's definitely gonna feel better he yeah will be feeling better so yeah he says i'll be feeling a whole lot better he will be and um he's pretty confident i guess but like i i, I don't know yeah oh there's a cowbell in this version i'm just picking up that now yes there is a cowbell in this version um so i guess less jangly but doesn't really matter. The thing that Less really jangly, more wrangly. Am I more right? More wrangly. You are right, actually. Um, you know what really fucked me up about this song is Tell the me. drums in the intro. For some yeah. reason, I like. I don't know. They like threw off my whole rhythm until they get to like the regular beat. I don't know. They're weird. Yeah, they're weird. It's like somebody was testing the drums and they're like, "Yeah, this one works. This one works." Yeah, and they're not, like, out of rhythm, but for some reason they just, like, fuck me up every time I hear it. I'm like, like, I I had trouble singing along to it at first because of that. Right. It was weird. It was weird. But that's pretty much the only thing of note to me. Yeah. What about the the tone on the the jangly guitar on this one? It's got almost, like, a distortion on it, like the recording equipment can't handle the sound it's outputting. Like, it's... I mean, that's kind of how distortion works anyway. Sort of. It's yeah, just like you're overloading these components. Exactly, but there's almost... Like, we're so used to distortion now. Right. And, like, this was done in 1974. Mm-hmm. So it's not like distortion was that new. But it's it sounds... Like, if you go to, like, 40 seconds, it's got an almost, like, garage band. And I mean that in the, right. the literal sense, not the... Right, where it's kind of like program sense. Like we'd call it lo-fi, but they didn't have an alternative sort of thing. Yeah. It's just very like crunchy. Yeah, and it's just kind of odd because everything else on this is like well produced for the time. It's a, you don't think it fits, eh? Yeah, it's just a little. It's just odd. I don't know if it's out of place. Right. It just sticks out to me. Okay. All right. Yeah, I I didn't think this one was that memorable personally. No, it's a pretty straight cover, and it ends on him going. It sure does, and like a little drum cymbal thing. Which is, you may notice, a different vowel from the one the birds are known for. Hey, yeah. 
they are known for. Ah. Uh. Uh. Yeah, and Giant Rivers covers ooh. So yeah, Giant Rivers, because I thought it was country, just wasn't country enough, you know? Speaking of country. Speaking of country enough. Bobby Bear, 1978. He's even got a cowboy hat on on the cover of yeah. the album. And if you look him up on Wikipedia, he's wearing a teeny tiny little cowboy hat. Yeah, he is. Well, it's not that small, but it's on the small side. And he's the father of Bobby Bear Jr. Way to go, Bobby. Which is a name so southern that his, uh, his son is actually not allowed in the northern half of the United States. Yeah, he's stuck there. He can't leave. I don't know. I better look up the state I was going to say and make sure it's in the right place. Dun, 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 Texas, dun, dun. dude. No, I'm not going to say Texas. Let me just... Let me just do Arkansas. <laughs> just making sure my geography is uh, semi-right. Yeah. My American geography is I should I should have just said Nashville. That would have been a yeah. good one. That's country-based. That's a country place. That's a country place. But Nashville is in a state, is it? No, but I, I would have said he's stuck in the city. Uh, you know, it yes. still works. Because, okay. um, you know, yeah, so of reasons. This is, this is the country version, Alex. This is the country version. He's got some twang in his voice. Just a little bit, though. Not a lot. He's got... He also does a drum intro kind of like uh, Johnny Rivers. Does, I don't think this one fucked me up, though. No, it doesn't fuck you up, but it, it does give the drums some space to do like a... Do a little bit of that. And yeah, like the flex. guitar kind of slides around, too. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty cool. Um, it doesn't like do like jangle stuff so much. Even though it's still like it's still kind of country, like it's bright, you know? Yeah. And... Uh, and then his voice comes in. I like his voice in this. I think his voice sounds yeah. really good. You know, it's, I would agree with that. It's like kind of deep and full. You know yeah, because he doesn't go for the full-on like sad cowboy version of this song that we kind of yes. get later. Yeah, that's true. Um, and it, I think it's a bit slower, too. Yeah, definitely a little um, bit. And he like kind of holds out the ends of lines. Like mm-hmm. he, he draws them out. And and uh, I think it sounds good. Yeah. Uh, there's a female backing vocalist who I think does a good job too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is like a solid country version. Yeah. And the other thing they do is the like riff is kind of cut off. Like they don't do the whole thing in the same way. Mm. And they kind of do a different end. Like they just do like a like. They don't do the full thing. It's the same, like, chords. I oh, believe. yeah. But yeah. there's, a, like, a kind of... There's, like, less flow in between the notes. Yeah. But they also do it more. Like, they do it for... Like, in the original, they had that riff, and they would do it when they got back to the A. But in this one, mm-hmm. they do it for, like, the other chords as well. Okay. Now, the weird thing about this version is the fucking synth that comes in it like the yes. like minute 38 mark yes right like there's a guitar solo and then a synthesizer solo 
And then, yeah. like, which is unexpected, absolutely unexpected. Um, for me, I don't really know, like, the history of country music, but I would not expect yeah. a 1978 country song to have, like, a synthesizer like that. But I guess it was the late 70s. I don't know. It was like somebody accidentally cut, like, 10 seconds of Spaceship Superstar into this. And, and just, I was like, put it in. Hope nobody notices. Yeah. Well, we noticed, Bobby. We noticed. And we think yeah, it's you neat. Yeah, got fucking got. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool. So. And it comes in a bit at the end, too, just to remind everybody that it was, in fact, in this song. Just to remind it's there. Uh, the other sound I liked, um, the guitar solo kind of sounds like two guitars. I don't know if it's, like, a... Like an effect, like an, a delay thing or an echo of some sort. Mm. That's like a pretty country sounding thing uh, in a way I don't understand. So like during the solo and then again at the end, it comes yeah. in again. So it, it does sound like someone's just kicking a pedal or something. I don't know when they invented like the stomp box, but I assume by 78 we had plenty of those. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, that, that's kind of like rides out on that. Yeah. Like that double so, guitar with that slide, and then the synthesizer comes in. Yeah. What a weird ending. But yeah, this one is all right, though. I kind of liked it. Yeah, I, I actually really dug this one. I don't know. I thought yeah. it had a good sound to it. With that, we're going to move into our next one, which is uh, Juice Newton in 1986. Fucking juice. Juice. Yeah. I've got the juice. Juice Newton. Juice. So I know. Juice. 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 We've talked about her before. I, mm-hmm. It sounds like she kind of was a little more like pop oriented earlier on in her career and then yeah. moved into more country style. Uh, this is pretty pop to me. Uh, especially yeah. for like 1986 pop. With synthesizers and stuff, this this sounds yeah. very like mid '80s to me. Yeah, you're getting the uh, like the drum with the big hit notes, just like the kind of oh, big yeah. tom action. Like, huge, huge like echo on the drum. Yeah, and, and that synth that comes in like right high on the uh, on the chorus. Oh yes, oh yeah. Even like the bass is that bass isn't really synthy, but kind of. Yeah, it's almost, I think I've written, it's kind of, like, it's just about, like, muddy, because it's so low. Okay. Is this a different one I was thinking of? Hang on. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like she's not mixed loud enough on the first verse. Uh, Okay, no, it's a different one I thought that had muddy bass. But yeah, there is bass on this. There there certainly is. (laughs) Anyway, it, it all sounds very 80s. And uh, her voice, there's so much echo on her voice through the whole thing. It's mm-hmm. super duper echoey. Um, but yeah, that's kind of neat because like, it does come in just on that bass. Yeah. And doesn't do the riff. It's just like rhythm section. So there's like some cymbals. Those huge like kicks, I think, but yeah. maybe toms. And then, and then um, yeah, the bass. And then she comes in. And then it does do a little bit of the riff. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. Did something happen? Yeah, because it does a riff, but only once. Because normally it plays it twice. They're like, yeah. and then there's just like the guitar strumming. 
And then mm. she sings. And when she's singing, it's kind of doing this back and forth between the bass and this just like guitar strum. Yeah. Which is definitely different from the other ones. There's a lot more distinction between the verse and chorus compared to particularly the original. Yeah. And so, yeah, as the song progresses, like we get more of this synth in there. And then the backup vocals start to come in, like the piece kind of swells after the first verse and chorus section. Yeah, it like considering how small it starts, rel- mm-hmm. relatively small, you know, for the mid '80s, um, it gets pretty big. There's a ton of backup vocals, uh, or like big yeah. backup vocals, and like that synthesizer too, mm-hmm. playing, and yeah. And then we get like this insanely country guitar solo. Yeah, it's like a bit on the twangy side, for sure. Mm. Very, like, bright guitar solo. So I guess that's that country influence. And it also kind of has that double guitar sound. Yeah. Which, is that a country thing? Maybe. I kind of thought it was. She also adds... I'll say yes. Yeah, I'll say yes, too, because I introduced the idea. Um, She also says, like, she has a couple of... Like, 80s sounding. This song is just so 80s to me. Um, yeah. Uh, like, when she'll, she'll, like, sing a line and then, like, repeat it. But though she says, like, when you're gone and then says when you are gone afterward, like, as a backup, like, echo. When you're gone, when you are gone. Like, that, I don't know. I'm trying oh, to think yeah. of another oh, example. when you are gone. Yeah, I'm trying to think of another example. But for some reason, that just says 80s to me i don't know maybe i just yeah. maybe i just associate that everything in this song with the 80s it, it certainly has an 80s feel to it um, yeah she changes at least one line she says i've got to say that it's time that you go i think she might say that you fall but i think it's a go because then it rhymes with the next line which is which is don't make me say these things alex you know i'm never prepared to do that um anymore i'm not gonna play your games okay. anymore so it just, she doesn't say it's not like before? No, she doesn't. Hmm. Or if she does, she has another. Because this version is longer than the original by a fair bit. It's 3.29. The outro is pretty long. Yeah. Just the whole like, when you're gone, when you're gone. Yeah, and if you played this live at a show, you could medley it into that song. That's like, when you're gone, baby, it's time to come home. You know that one? <laughs> I don't think so, but the song... Are you kidding I, me? <laughs> I, it's not ringing any bells, but I say that on this show all the time. And I'm like, oh no, fuck, I listen to that song every other day. Uh, but like... It's by Matchbox 20, if you're gone. Yeah, that explains why I might not know it. You probably know it. I probably heard it. I probably heard it. Uh, but the song that I thought of every uh-huh. time was was Since You're Gone by The Cars. We're like, feel a oh, whole yeah. lot better since you're gone. <laughs> Yeah, so treacherous. Whoa. I can't help yeah. it. Everything's a mess. I can't help it. Help it. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I don't know if someone's already done a mashup of that, but I feel like it could be successful. It's, it's in the works. It's coming down the line. And what else is coming down the line is the next cover we're talking about, which is Tom Petty in 1989. Uh, the reason why. Yeah. 
I may have heard of uh, Mr. Tommy Tommy P. Is Tom just a full name? Is Tom short for something? I I um Thomas. Thomas, that's what it is. I was like yeah. Thompson. <laughs> Tom. Uh, Tom Tomard. Tom. <laughs> Tomard. Timothy. Uh. Yes. <laughs> Thomas. So Tom Petty, this is from his solo album, uh, his Full Moon Fever. In first solo album, but like the yeah. Heartbreakers were mostly involved. Yeah, so Mike Campbell yeah. is a producer and plays a guitar on this one. Jeff Lynn also plays nothing on this, but he's a producer on this. <laughs> he And I think he does some backup vocals. Probably. Um, um, yeah, so he released this as the fourth single from this album and hit number 18 on the U.S. rock charts. Yeah. And I mean, this is the first version of this song that I heard. It's probably for me too. I I struggling to remember if I knew about the birds version. Like I'm not. Sh- I wasn't shocked when we said, "Oh, it's not a Tom Petty song." But I was shocked. But yeah, I I I'm not, I feel like I might have known it and forgot it. I forget a lot of things. Yeah, you do, Alex. Like the Matchbox Twenty song. Like the if Matchbox you're gone. Twenty song. If you're gone. But uh, what I do- don't forget is uh, the Traveling Wilburys, which was also kind of happening at this same time. I mean, Tom oh, yeah. Petty and Jeff Lynn, obviously. But I'll tell uh, you this, man, the Traveling Wilbur is still happening now. Oh, man. I'm pretty happening myself. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now you're all right. Um, yeah. <sighs> the... Like, this sounds like a Tom Petty song. It does. It really does. Or maybe it's just because this was one of the songs that I heard first when being introduced to Tom Petty. It's just like everything from the the subject matter to like and this is a pretty faithful cover but it's performed in ways that like show off Tom Petty's strengths like the guitar tone very much sounds like a Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers kind of track. Yeah, and it's the still kind of vocals jangly. are very Tom Petty. Yeah, and it's still got that jangle vibe. I mean, I think the back of vocals are literally Tom Petty. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it's also like <laughs> Tom Petty style. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I guess part of that too is like this was his first solo album and, mm-hmm. and Jeff Lynne was really him, you know, they're working together to find that that solo sound which is I guess a little different from the Heartbreakers, I guess. I guess. Uh I think oh, a lot of the reviews really? said it was more like laid back, which I can believe, especially with like Free Fallen and stuff. Yeah. And this is like a sort of a tribute to his influence of the birds, the birds. Like, the it, birds. like hearing this, that that hearing that this was a the birds cover, my mind like tried to start rewriting history and being like, was Tom Petty part of the birds, and this yeah. is just him redoing it on his own? You know, not back the case. in the sixties. No, that is not the case. But uh, yeah, it's pretty straight cover. Yeah, it is like like even the bass line, which a lot of people simplify, is like note for note on this one. Yeah, and I, I don't know, I, I don't have much else to say about it because this this version to me is just like is the version, like it's the yeah. one, it's the one I know, it's the one in my brain. If you talk about this song, this is the one I'll think of. Yeah, and it's just like perfectly suited to Tom Petty's sort of style and voice and everything. So it's like it's a very strong version for me, despite being the type of version that kind of just follows in the footsteps of the original yeah so it's very odd because normally i wouldn't i wouldn't like that very much Mm-hmm. although they add some hand claps that's true they do 
So that's what that's what sets it apart, you know. Yeah, that's probably George Harrison clapping. That's right. It might be. Of I don't the know. The Beatles. He definitely. I I actually I looked it up. I don't think he hand clapped on this song, but like if you look at the credits to the album, where is it? George Harrison, acoustic guitar and backing vocals on "I Won't Back Down." Never mind. Nice. Oh, here we are. Alan Wydell, Jeff Lynne, Tom Petty. Hand claps on. I'll feel a whole lot better. There you go. So Jeff Lynne and nice. this Alan guy who. Jeff Lynne's sweet fucking hands. Sweet hands. Yep. Slap those palms together for me, Jeff Lynne. Because we're going to talk about the Crest Brothers in 1998. We are going to talk about the Crest Brothers. The reasons why. Oh, you know I can't say. You go, honey, and right away. So what do you know about the Crust Brothers? So the Crust Brothers are Stephen Malkmus of the band Pavement and members of the band Silkworm. This is their only album. It's a live album, and it was for a benefit show for the Washington Wilderness Coalition. And what's that album called, Jake? That album is called... It's okay, I know the name. I can read it. It's called Marky Mark. Marky hey, Mark. Hey, Marky Mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's a fun name. That is yeah, a so fun it was name. like one dude from one band and then I think a whole other band. Yeah. And they were just they did this like live performance together. And, and they played yeah. exclusively covers, mostly from Bob Dylan and the band's the basement tapes. Yeah, which is neat. It's a neat thing to do. But they also played this song. And yeah. I thought it was kind of like Velvet Underground-y. Like the way he sings is almost like Lou Reed-esque. Yeah, it's that sort of talk singing style a bit. Yeah, and there's some other stuff like the way he does some of like the like the ad like ad libbing. Say so, like feel all the better when you're gone, and then he says like goodbye, goodbye, like that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I buy into that. And like, wait, what's the? There's another line. He says, "I know he you." Says, "I gotta let you go, honey." He said, "Like you know, you can't say that's something. <laughs> Whatever, you know." I'm trying to remember what part of that song was. Yeah, and it's uh, there's another dude who does backup vocals, and goes for like the sort of higher up stuff. Like he does more like actual singing. Right, but they like don't sing the same thing. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> so it's got that good like messy garage rock vibe to it. Absolutely, like it feels very like in the moment sort of. Mm-hmm. And of course, it, it's like it like unmistakably live. It sounds almost like a like a bootleg. Yeah. It's not like professionally, well, it's probably done professionally to some degree, but it's not like super high quality live recording, which you can definitely do, uh, but it, it's got a real live feel to it. Yeah. And that kind of feel is something I find charming. Yeah, I, I liked this version um, more than I thought, especially off the bat. I was like, who the fuck are these guys? What do they think I was they like are? The Crust Brothers? And I was what like, are these, this... the guys who invented Crust? Crust, they they made bread or something. This named part of it after themselves. This is what we call the Mildenberger of the bread. It's on the outside, <laughs> and everyone cuts it off and discards it. <laughs> it's so sad because they don't realize it's the best part of the bread. Ah, of course, naturally they're uh they're not discerning folks. Yes. You have to you know, be a real be, connoisseur to eat the Mildenburger. Yeah, you got to be part of the upper Mildenburger to really enjoy <laughs> Mildenburger. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I knew smi- I knew I'm smiling it. at that joke. 
<laughs> too busy smiling at that joke. <laughs> yeah, this one was tight. It's got a like a good noisy little guitar solo in the middle. I, um, yeah, I like s- the guitar solo in this one too. Yeah. And then these guys say "off when you're gone" at the in the in their outro. Off when you're gone, I'll listen to the outro a little better. So you got to go around like. Two yeah, he 10. for sure says "off" one hundred percent. Yeah, like there's no question about it. <laughs> yep, definitely, definitely says "off." Yeah, and then they do the outro, and then like says, eh, "It's time to play some rock music." Different in a different. Yeah, apparently different. they the the like the audience there kept requesting like a like songs by the band Pavement or Silkworm. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> and they're like, like, "No, we're not fucking doing it." No, we're gonna play Yazoo Street Scandal actually, and then oh, they played some some uh, Rolling Stones too. It looks like. Yeah, they play uh, Tuesday's Gone, right? They do. And Bitch, which I believe is also a Rolling Stones song. Bitch! That's the name of a song. Hey, wait, is Bitch a... That's a Rolling Stones song? Yeah, I mean, it might be another song as well, but... So you could say Bitch in the 60s. You could, but I think you could only say No, wait, that was 1971. Oh, never mind. Never mind, call it off. Yep, abort, abort. (laughs) Ah... Quick, talk about Katie Sagal. The reason why Oh, I can't say I have to let you go, babe Yeah, so apparently, uh, yeah, Katie Sagal. That's a great segue. Sorry, did you um, have another thing it? to say about the Crush no, Brothers? No, I didn't. I thought I did, but I didn't. Cool. So, All right, Katie Sagal, 2004. Katie Sagal, 2004, is an American actress and singer-songwriter. You might recognize her voice as the voice of Leela from Futurama. Yeah, I remember watching her as the mom in Eight Simple Rules. That is definitely another one she is in. I used to watch that. And then John John Ritter? John Ritter died. And then uh, David Spade was on it. Yeah. Is John Ritter the inventor of Ritter's Sport Chocolate Bars? I'm going to say no. Okay. Yeah. Sucks to be him. Yeah. Well, he also uh, is dead, so... Uh, she was also in the movie Pitch Perfect 2. Yes, and she's in Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah, I as uh, Andy Samberg's yeah. mom. So, this is famous actress Katie Sagal. Oh, she's and she's in Married... also miscellaneous voices in Rugrats. She's, she's in Married with Children, which I didn't watch, but... N- nor did I. I'm familiar with, conceptually. Me too. It's that one show. About someone who's married. Katie Sagal in it. Yeah. She's got children. She's, She's got married. Kids. Yeah. So um, this version, yeah, yeah this version is so much reverb on her voice. Yeah. Every S, every F is like. <laughs> so that, like, yeah, I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, if, if I don't like Juice that. Newton's version is like the trappings of the 1980s, like this one is very much stuck in the early 2000s. You know. Yes, in ways that like repulse me like <laughs> yes i agree 100 percent. like i don't know it's got like it, like it's got some synthesizer too just like like at the beginning it's like you know those uh and those then torture devices guitar. i think it's in princess bride where they put him on it and it just like stretches him okay yeah and like that's that's what they did to this this version they put the two and a half minute song in there and they're like we're gonna make you four minutes oh they absolutely (laughs) stretch this one out it is way too long it's like also slower 
Mm-hmm. And it's like all the, a lot of echoes. And it's not really going anywhere. Although I'll say that this uh, this violin or something that comes in around I think the one minute mark, it's pretty tight. Hang on, I didn't notice the violin at all. This comes in like one oh five. It's a stringed instrument. I don't know if it's a violin. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah, cool tone on that, right? Does it come back? Oh yeah, it stays throughout. Yeah, it comes back. Yeah. It almost reminds me of, like, Cirque du Soleil Beatles, like Beatles Love. Okay. Uh, I didn't listen to that a ton, but it definitely sounds like a very echoey, like, violin or something. Yeah, and it might even be just regular Beatles, but sometimes I can't remember if it's regular Beatles or like, the Cirque du Soleil version. You throw Beatles on shuffle or something, and it just plays. Everything. Yeah, it just comes in. I'm like, yeah, I love like, this song. Should this have a different bass line? I don't know. Yeah. What's wrong? I don't know. Yeah, okay. I'll give you that. It's got that one thing. Mm-hmm. Everything else, fuck it. Get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely... Oh, there's so much... Like, second verse, she has her whole thing where, like, she'll sing a line, and then there's, like, echoes, and... Oh, man, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's... And there's just this slow singing on it where you've got to chew up every fucking word. It sounds like she's on her dying breaths. The reason why... Like, hurried up. And then, yeah, and then the outro is, like, super long. So long, man. It's too fucking long. So long. And there's this, uh, like, synthesizer or something that comes up in these high notes. Right, it comes comes back in at the end. Yeah. I think it's the same one from the intro. Yeah, it is the same one from the intro. Yeah, that comes in again. But, like, I just at that point, I was just so done with this version. Yeah, if she tightened this up, maybe, I don't know. Focus more on the weird shit than making this just 2000s sad pop version. Could be cool. Yeah. I wasn't into it. I was not into it. Speaking of not into it, let's talk about Sky Diggers in 2016. The reason why I can't stay I have to let you go Guy Diggers is a Canadian roots rock band that has allegedly been around for at least 20 years. Yeah, 25 years. Is that what they said? On their their webpage, yeah. Yep, yep, go to the about. So yeah, it's five white guys and a white girl on the side. Yeah, there's a lot more people in this band than I was expecting, considering this is like a super stripped down version. Yeah. And there's only three people in the album cover. Although it is also called Here Without You, so it's possible not everyone was present. Oh, no. Was there a plane crash? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> the only way you can kill musicians. Particularly if there's... No. Don't have a punchline. Sorry. Gonna, okay. Sorry. No punchline. No punch punch do your own punchline. Here, we'll, yep. we'll do a quick pause. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, uh, listener. Classic. Thanks for contributing. We always appreciate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Always. So, if you go to the Sky Di- Sky Diggers website, um, mm-hmm. they have a like a a menu across the top. It says about news, photos, and so on. But if you mm-hmm. put the uh, your your Chrome window to one side, 
maybe it doesn't work in other browsers, then that gets pushed down into the picture and you can't really read the lettering that well. So, you know, it does the same thing in Safari. Actually, well, hang on. In Safari, it just puts it into like a, a menu tab. Oh, so it, gives, it gives you. Oh, no, wait. Now it's put, at this size it has pushed it down into the mosaic guitar. Yeah, it gets pushed down into the picture and like. But then if I go even smaller, it changes it to a uh, to a sidebar kind of menu thing. Huh. It gives me a button at the top. Let's see if I can make this even smaller. Anyway, I was. They had a slight issue with their website. So yeah, the best thing about Sky Diggers is that cool looking acoustic guitar on their webpage. And nothing else. Yeah, these guys fucking suck. <laughs> it's a very. It's like this is like the slow acoustic version. Yeah. They and don't it's even got, like they some don't do twangy the guitar on it. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Uh, I thought. Let's see. What did I think of this one? The guitar in this one was actually similar to what the Katie Sagal version. What was going on in the Katie Sagal version? Mm-hmm. I liked this one better. That's not saying much. Yeah. But I liked it better, and yeah, it's like just kind of super stripped down. Yeah, it's mostly and just I think, like yeah, guitar and thing. Like it's the the spirit of this song is that the person has come to a decision, and they're uncertain of the consequences. Right. Whereas I feel like these versions focus too much on the hurt of right. what the other person did. Right. Definitely a different perspective. But mm-hmm. it's they are kind of missing out on like the hope, because yeah. that's really what it is. Is is like I don't know if it's gonna be better, but I think it will be. Like I yeah, and it's like that's why I'm doing this. So respectable, man. Yeah. Um and yeah, fuck this version. Should we go to our final uh, final thoughts? Yeah, that was quick. Goddamn right, Alex. We are efficient. Was it, I, I I like I told you off air we there we should have talked about three other versions of this, but. I'm okay with that. I'm gonna. I'm maybe I'll blog about him because I forgot to blog again this week. So yeah, sweet. Talk about him. 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 That was our uh, transition into the final review. Yep, yep. We had three categories today. The first category is worst song. The second category is best song. And the third category is who's probably not going to feel better after they're gone. Oh, damn. Well, I think like two or three of the birds are dead, so. (laughs) Well, I don't feel better after they're gone. (laughs) Yeah, I certainly don't feel better. So tell me, Alex. Alex, are you playing ping pong over there or air hockey? No, Will's Will's playing some some Destiny. That's Will's mechanical keyboard. Ah. All right, what? I'll allow it. Oh, fine. It's all good. All good. Um, yes, Alex. What's the worst version of this? Hmm. You know, for me, it really was Katie Sagal. I really didn't like that version. I didn't even mind the Sky Diggers version that much, honestly. But Katie Sagal <laughs> version was like, ugh. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like Katie Sagal s- soured me towards the Sky Diggers because it was like. Same idea of, like, slow version. Yeah, but at least Katie Sagal had that cool violin come in. That's true. She did have that violin. I I didn't notice it, though, and I I didn't think it uh, helped that much. 
And at least if I closed my eyes, I could see Leela from Futurama singing it. Or yeah. Miscellaneous voices from Rugrats. Miscellaneous voices from Rugrats. Man, it's time to rewatch Rugrats and see if we can spot Katie Sagal. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to give it to Sky Diggers because fuck them. Okay. All right. That seems, that's fair. That's fair. So tell me, Alex, what's the best version of this song? Man, what is the best version of this song? I mean... I feel like the Tom Petty version is one I can't judge anymore. It's too ingrained. So I'm disqualifying that from the running. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... The two I really liked, probably, of the remaining songs were Bobby Bear and the Crust Brothers. But uh, choices. but I think I'm going to give it to Bobby Bear. Because, uh, I don't know, I liked that version. It had a good sound. Um, it was... There were, like, you know, there's a few differences, but uh, but it's some good stuff overall. I don't know. And then that weird synthesizer. Which was yeah. actually not that weird. It was just unexpected. It's very much unexpected. Yeah. It's a good choice, Alex. I think I'm going to give it to Tom Petty because it's almost like the birds plus for me. It's just like, oh, wow. Right. And yeah, I fucking love that version. I, like, it's still a Tom Petty song to me, even after listening to all of these. Like, it's it sounds the realest to me. Yeah, in my mind, that's like the version. Yeah. Still. So I'm going to give it to it. All right. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Tom Petty. I, also, I just, rest in peace. I just made up my own rules. You don't have to follow them. Yeah, I know, Alex. You clearly didn't. I clearly didn't. I don't have any respect for your rules. I'm I'm glad. I wouldn't I'm have it any part other of way. your system. I don't even think I should be part of my system, quite frankly. That's not a good thought <laughs> to have. I just need, Alex, I'm just talking about rebelling. That's all. Rising I up. Suppose. Rise up and be happy. No, that's light up by sticks. Um, <laughs> Alex, who's not going to feel better after their 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 lover is gone. Who's not going to feel better? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Juice Newton's not going to feel better. She doesn't need to feel better. She already feels great. And she can, you know, drop the dead weight without really getting better because he wasn't couldn't bring her down. Hmm. She's too high up already. So she she's she can't feel any better than she already is. Yeah, she's already she's already she's already good. Incredible. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to the Crust Brothers because I feel like theirs was done in a in a fit of rage almost. It was just like one small thing set them off. They're like, "No, fuck you, get out of here, we're done." And then the next day, like I'm like, "Oh, what the fuck uh, did I do?" Shit. Oh no. Well, that's a, that's a sad note. That is a sad note, but I, I think like I think they'll be better in the long run. I think the Crust Brothers will will rally on, but yeah. there's gonna be a they'll there's gonna recover. be a valley before they they get back up. You know, they got they got two whole bands to support them. Hell yeah, and maybe fans. I don't know. It sounds like sounds like the fans are a little demanding, and they're not. They're not. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds like giving. it a bit. But I don't know. It sounded cool. I might might have to check yeah. them out. I might check out the Crust Brothers and then Pavement and also Silkworm and also Steve Malcolmus's other band, which I forgot the name of. It's like Steve Malcolmus and the Something, I think. Yeah, something like that. But the Something was like not something; it was a, a different word. Dun, 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 dun. 
That's our final review. And the Jicks. And the what? The Jicks. How do you spell that? J-I-C-K-S. J-I-C-K-S. Is that a racial slur? I hope not. <laughs> Steve Malcolmus and the Jicks. Uh, 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 I'm going to look at their history. Yeah, the group made official. Was the name of the band? Da, 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 face the truth. No, it's not telling me about the band name origin. So I'm just going to assume it's not a racial slur. <laughs> Hope for the best. Same. Oh, hey, it, I'm looking through his um, his uh, the Steve Macbeth and the Jicks, and it says they uh, let's see over okay. open for Radiohead, and the band helped curate and. Edition of the British All Tomorrow's Parties Festival. So there's a little Velvet Underground reference in there, too. Ooh. 2016. Uh, Malcolmus scored the soundtrack to the Netflix series Flaked, which stars Arrested Development's Will Arnett. I did not watch that. Did you watch that? I did actually watch that. How was it? I seem to recall liking the soundtrack. Oh, sweet. Way to go. It, it was like a show I watched. It was like real California porn, you know? Where you're like, God damn, it's always sunny there. You're like, oh. And like everyone's tanned and like tanned. flowery. Everybody's fucking all the time. That's Cali, man. This this dude doesn't have a job and all he does is smoke weed and he still has a house. Man. Look at that. Man. Look at those buttons that he isn't doing up on his shirt. Look, it made me want to ride a bike, you know? What What happened? I didn't ride a bike, I'll tell you that. I didn't, I didn't think so. <laughs> um, yeah. That was our bonus segment. What other stuff has Steve Malcolmus done? Oh, yeah, let's talk about Steve. <laughs> Is there another bonus segment? Um, truthfully, I didn't have one prepared, so I am f fully willing to leave it at that point. Okay. I can accept unless, that. Unless we're, we got, like, an hour. People are going to be like, what happened? We could come up with something. Here, yeah. What do you, what do you got for me, Alex? Um, Riff me something. Uh, we go outside, somehow stay communicating, talk uh -huh. to each other, and then try to include another person in the conversation on both ends. Oh my god, that'd be wild, Alex. But... They can't hear you on my end, and they can't hear me on your end, and it just gets very confusing. This sounds like an absurd party game. Yeah, that doesn't sound like <laughs> like a bonus segment in a podcast. No, but um, it sounds fun. <laughs> it does kind of sound fun. Uh, let's see. Alex, have you seen that, that Bruce Springsteen movie, Blinded by the Light? I would like to see it. Me too. I like saw the trailer and I got all excited and listened to a bunch of Bruce Springsteen. It doesn't Dude, take much, too. honestly. Yeah, but, it really uh, just somebody needs to be like Bruce Springsteen. I'm like, fuck, I should listen to Bruce Springsteen right now. I just realized I'm not listening to Bruce Springsteen right now, and I don't know why. <laughs> that's usually how I how I operate, yeah. Yeah, that's usually my vibe. Um Hang on, let me let me go to our, our trusty Google Doc and see yeah. if I've got some some segments written there. Alex, here I've got it. I've got I've got a, a segment. It's a question. The question is, if you had to force your worst enemy to listen to the same song for all of time, what song would it be? Would you like me to go first? Yeah. The answer is "One More Time" by Daft Punk. 
Why is the answer one more time by Daft Punk? Because then if you listen to it once, you're like right on. But then every time after that, you're listening to it one more time. One more time. One more time. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm reminded of that, like, John Mulaney bit where he talks about playing What's New Pussycat 21 oh, times yeah. or whatever. 21, something like that. Yeah, something like that. So that's fun. It probably wouldn't be that unless I was really going for the reference, in which case it Go might for be the reference, that. Alex. Um, if I was going for the reference, it would be that. But I kind of like Tom Jones, so. Um, a song. Cool. All right. Sorry, I realized I didn't know the name of the song. Uh The song is Good Riddance, Brackets Time of Your Life by Green Day. Uh Just because, I don't know, I'm always reminded of songs like, when I think about songs that I've heard too much in the context of, like, grade nine graduation ceremonies, it's that one. I don't even dislike the song that much, but it just over and over again it it gets to be too much. So that would be, be too that much. would be the one. That's it. So it's a better version of this question. What album would you force them to listen to? Mm, I don't think so. Do you have a thought for know. album? Yeah, it would be Lulu, the uh, Metallica and Lou Reed. Is that Metallica and Lou Reed? Yeah. yeah. I haven't. You don't like that, eh? I haven't listened to it. Neither I actually haven't listened to it, but I know it gets a lot of shit. And I feel like if you gave somebody a whole album and that was the only album they could listen to forever, they would like they would inevitably have to like write think pieces to be like, here's why Lulu is actually the greatest album ever made. Because they they would have to. Like they would have to justify it. Yeah. Somehow. Apparently, the person who did that was uh, David Bowie, who claimed that Lulu was among Reed's best work, or even his very best. That said, I mean, I've I've never listened to it. I, I'm sure people like it, right? Like, it's two artists that people like doing a thing. But the combination of, like, metal music and spoken word poetry, I can see not everyone being into that. And I can see David Bowie yeah. being into that. At least the poetry side. He doesn't yeah. really mention Metallica. In what you just said, anyway. No, I that's don't know. true. He's just like, yes, Lou Reed got had some good poetry. Like, <laughs> but do you think he was like, not Metallica's not greatest Metallica, work? Though. That's as good, good as Reed, Lou though. Reed gets, though. <laughs> good shit. But, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't have, I don't have an album that I would say that for, though. All right, Alex. Off well, that's been our bonus segment. We'll see what comes what comes out in the final cut there. Yep. Uh, uh yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, also uh, I forgot I'll mention this at the top. We talked about this song has the word better in it. Oh right, the entire reason we're doing this. Because it's better for September. It sure is. Our our most successful social media campaign. In the history of this podcast, I always remember to use the hashtag. Alex has been out there tweeting about it. In the future. In the future, which is fuck the, me. Which is the past. Yeah, that's right. It's September now as this comes out. And Surely so, it is. Motherfucker. Sorry, am I interrupting you? <laughs> no, I just... I'm, I am... Motherfuckering the situation. Uh... 
I'm gonna have to like recut the intro or something. You could, yeah, you could throw this at the beginning. I think. Yeah. Through some movie sure. magic. A little movie magic. So yeah, this is better for September. It's gonna be doing songs with better in it for the whole goddamn month. Yeah. Being better. So that that wraps up the show. If uh if you want to holler at us on Twitter, it's at Jake the Cressy. That's J A K E T H E C R E S S Y. Or at some Alex Wise guy. That's S O M E A L E X. Nope. Yes. Yep, that's W I S E G U Y. You know how to spell some Alex Wise guy. It's four simple words. It's four Whoa. Yeah, you see what I did. That's there. like when I tried to get Google to play Dan's song by Frank Turner, it would not stop playing four simple words. It's like, all right, playing a dance song. Eh, fine. You're like, yeah, close enough. Um, yes. And uh, rate us, review us, subscribe to us. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, fucking the other ones. You know what? Podbean. Podcast your house to me. That's an app for sure. Other pod legumes. Tell your friends about us. Tell people in India that we have more than one episode. You know, help us out here. We don't have a marketing budget. We and, don't uh, have any. Well, hire me, maybe, because my, my job future is looking sketchy. Um, and as we always say on Cover Me, when, when the covers get tough, the tough get <laughs> covering. <laughs>